Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey, good afternoon. Welcome back to the program. If you didn't get here at 12.05 when we start live, where were you? That's how we do it. Don't forget, if you miss a program, uh, you can go to goodlifeguy.com. There's a link there to listen, and you can get access to over two and a half years of recorded shows. Ah, on the phone with me is Mistress of Taste, Mandy Naglick. The book is called How to Taste, A Guide to Discovering Flavor and Savoring Life. Mandy, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the first two chapters to me are worth the cost of the book. And people oftentimes when you ask them, what is taste? They go, oh, well, sweet, sour, salty, bitter, umami. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's a fair, reasonable answer. But if it was part of a multiple choice, it's an incomplete answer. Um, tell us how, what you explained to folks in the book about just what taste is, and, and then we'll lead it into how to taste. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, something we, when we think of taste, we just think of what's on our tongue, and that is those five basic tastes that you said. But really, taste takes into consideration all five of our senses, and especially our sense of smell, up to 80%, or some scientists will even say 90% of what we consider flavor is aroma. So something like an orange, uh, it might taste sour and a little bit sweet and maybe a little bitterness from the pith of the orange but all of the notes that are like of the floral orange that note that lets you know it's citrus all of that is coming from aroma um a really nice way to test this is just put something in your mouth with your nose plugged and chew it a little bit and see what you taste and then open your nose you know unpinch your nose and all of a sudden it feels like flavor is flooding into your mouth because that's all coming from those olfactory receptors uh in your in your nose you know, so that's, that's a lot of flavor and then i go into in those chapters like you said how color affects things um how the sound and the music around us affects things the temperature of the room um everything has little influences on flavor yeah i begin every class with a refresher especially for those who had never taken a wine class with me of holding your nose putting some wine in your mouth move it around feel it see what you get swallow it, let your nose go. And, uh, you know, the trismental sensations, the things that we feel, heat, mm-hmm. maybe acid, maybe, uh, you know, the temperature of whatever you're eating and uh, the, the texture and those kind of things. Yeah, you get those. But until you get mm-hmm. your nose back into the olfactory system, it's, uh, it's a different thing. And when you think about it, our olfactory system is complex and as capable as it is. Uh, I'm so glad that that I, I don't classify myself as a super taster, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I just relish the smell of things. And uh, without that, I think life would be so boring. And I guess there's some people that just don't smell much in the way of food or wine <laughs> or beer. And 
I feel for them. Right. Well, what's, what's interesting about it is it's really just like any other skill with practice. Anyone can become better. Um, I talk about in the book, I'm on a few professional tasting panels for things like quality assurance. And one of the uh, best tasters, you know, we are blind, uh, blind certified on our tasting, you know, identifying compounds. And one of the best tasters on the panel is 74 years old. And she really practices and stays up to date. And it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter where you come from. Like, it's very, it's something that can definitely be trained. And not only trained for professional reasons, for things like you said, judging or teaching classes, but also once you start paying attention to these aromas and flavors, you start making connections around your life. I talk about at the end in the book, um, I vacation a lot in the forests of Vermont uh, up here from New York City. But for the book, I had to go to the West Coast to report. And I had my windows rolled down while I was driving through Portland, Oregon. And I just realized, like, wow, their forest smells so differently over here than they do in Vermont. And I think without all my tasting experience and, you know, being so in touch with my senses, I wouldn't have noticed that little thing that's kind of just like a grounding thing about your environment um, that just made my trip a little more interesting. And really, I had that memory very um, intensely in my head from having that scent come into my car as I was driving. Yeah. Uh, so just little things like that that I think really color your life even beyond, you know, the wine glass or eating a really delicious tasting menu that it just kind of, like I say in the subtitle of the book, it helps you save your life and makes everything a little more interesting. Absolutely. And, it, you know, for me, I think for most people that have a reasonable olfactory system, uh, smell is such a, a, a key memory jogger or memory bookmark for for events and times and and food and wine and you you know to set benchmarks. I, I'll never forget uh, the first time I smelled a really high class Chardonnay made from our country. I had just come back from seven years in Europe and. I had been drinking wine there, mostly European wines, obviously, and came back and, you know, it was just a remarkable thing. And it's a benchmark for me. It's that smell that, that I'm after every time I, I taste Chardonnay and it's provides such great memories. It, other things that affect uh, initial perceptions, you know, we talk about sight and, I, you know, swirl, sniff, look at, describe the coloring and the clarity and when we're talking about wine anyway, and but there's a lot of things that impact that, uh, and I think one of the most interesting is environment. Uh, many people have heard me say this before, but before I was a married guy and I was a young uh, studly dude, being on a sailboat drinking Chardonnay with topless women was some of the best Chardonnay I ever had. And I don't think it was the Chardonnay's fault. <laughs> but, it, it, you know, where you drink... People that have had a wine at a little cafe in, in Paris and they come back to the States and try and find that wine to replicate that feeling, probably not going to happen as easy as they think, even if they find the exact same wine. And and taste, yeah. taste is like that. Yeah, I, I cover, I have a chapter toward the end of the book about tasting and travel. Um, and that's definitely something that I cover. If you go to a winery in the middle of Italy and have, you know, some delicious wines and when you go to the shop to bring some back with you, I suggest, and I actually talked to some researchers about pleasure and memory, um, grabbing a wine that you didn't actually get to taste at the winery to bring back. Um, because like you said, you won't, you won't have all this anticipation and opening and say, oh, I want it to taste exactly like it did when, when I was out in the Tuscan countryside in the sunshine 
um, you know, taking in the environment around me because it won't taste the same. You'll be missing a lot of those environmental factors. But if you're tasting something new from that same winery, you both get to look forward to tasting it for the first time when you get home. And it can kind of just remind you of being in Italy, but you're experiencing something new, creating a new memory with that flavor rather than risking a little bit of disappointment, which is, like you said, definitely uh, potential. Talk, let's talk about chapter two. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about what is taste and, and some mm-hmm. of the influences, but how to taste and, you know, telling people how to taste wine, for example, uh, you know, sometimes I tell them you, you don't need a wine class to learn how to do that. Just be thoughtful and, and look and see and swirl and sniff and hold it in your mouth. The most important thing for me for wine tasting is that first sip, if you hold it in your mouth, give it five seconds before you make the first swallow. You get everything that the winemaker intended you to get out of that out of that wine, and, and that's important. What other things, if you talk to a crowd about uh, the complete tasting method, what uh, what are some of the mechanics that we ought to think about? Yeah, we de- I definitely break it down very specifically. It's a kind of extensive section of the book um, for learning something that you can actually do quite quickly. But um, yeah, there's, I think we cover six different ways to sniff anything you're tasting from cheese to olive oil to wine or beer. Um, Because I talked to some scientists about what does the actual internal structure of our nose look like and what is the best way to take in aroma without accidentally going blind to any compounds. And, you know, while getting the most enjoyment out of it, not wasting your time at all. So there's things like distant sniffing, um, long sniff, short sniff, and then I do break down how to do that retronasal sniff. Um, There's two pathways to our olfactory bulb that contains all of our aroma receptors. One is through our nose. That's pretty much the obvious one you think of when you're smelling something. There's also another pathway up the back of your throat. And the way I kind of explain this is, you know, you have the same keys on the piano. If you were playing the scale in the same direction over and over again, you'd hear those same notes in the same order. You know what that sounds like. Then if you took those exact same notes and played it backward, it's still the same notes, but all of a sudden it sounds totally different. You know, you're having a different experience of these notes. And that's really what going out of your way to uh, accentuate aroma through that retronasal passageway is going to do to you. Um, It's really interesting. I just got back from the first leg of my book tour and some people, when we did the retronasal sniff, we really were getting oohs and ahs out of the, uh, the crowd and things like people think <laughs> banana tastes a lot more strong that way. Um, other like citrus notes are a lot more accentuated when you really focus on that retronasal yeah. aroma. Well, it's true. And I, I, I think some of those other existential influences to how we perceive a beverage or a food uh, are, are interesting. And I think you'd touch on it a little bit, but you know, when I teach wine classes, I try not to describe what I am smelling and tasting. I try to get the class to describe because we all perceive things slightly differently. And, and it's, you know, if I can tell them if just with a facial expression, they can know that I like it or I don't, or, you know, I've smelled something off or, and so I try to avoid all that because those existential or, or those outside influences, you know, Oh my God, if I tell them first thing, and you know this better than anyone, if somebody's wearing heavy perfume or they've got uh, soap on their hands from just coming back from the restroom or, you know, they've been chewing a mint or, heaven forbid, smoking, uh, those things all affect how you, you perceive what you put in your mouth and, and what you smell. It's, uh, it's interesting when you get around to the, 
the how to taste and what you can do to not be very successful at tasting. Yeah, and even beyond, you know, your perfume or the soap on your hands, all of our genes are uh, tied to what we actually can taste. For example, there's a single gene that's tied to the aroma of violets, uh, beta-ionone. And if you don't have that gene, you can't smell violets. Uh, you can go through your whole life happily, you know, never smelling them. But if you do, uh, you can smell that floral aroma. And you can live your whole life. Like I said, really, you would never know your partner or the person next to you can't smell this thing. But if you both ordered the aviation cocktail, which is made with violet liqueur, it would taste completely different to you. Um, you know, it would be two totally different experiences. And it's really hard to ever nail that down or ever know what someone's tasting. And the more they unwrap our genome, the more we find out things like um, people have different sensitivities to this 3-hexanol, which is this compound that makes things smell very fresh and like green, like that's aroma of chlorophyll. And it's just going to come across to different people differently. So not only, you know, are you not giving people hints to what you taste because you don't want to mislead them, but also we really don't know um, what people are able to taste and what their experience is like that. So it's hard to lead them down the wrong path. Yeah. And sometimes sitting at the dinner table, when you go through the effort of putting together a fancy meal with uh, complex interactions between flavors and, and textures and things, it's fun to just, if, if you can do it without acting like a, a complete dope, you know, to <laughs> ask people, so what do you think? You know, and I usually preface that when I'm not fishing for compliments, but what do you think of that <laughs> pairing? What do you think of the texture of, uh, of this certain side or, or, or of the meat or whatever? And, and, and that to me, getting max enjoyment has everything to do with kind of just spending that few seconds, a minute on, on what you just did and, and digesting that before you could just dig in and ask for more. Yeah, and that's the seventh step of the tasting method is a step that I call sit and synthesize. And it is exactly what you said, taking just a couple seconds to maybe ask a question, maybe say to yourself, you know, what was the strongest flavor of what I just ate? What do I want to remember about this? Whether it is the environment you're in, um, that it was a new flavor or something like that. And that really is what starts to create those sensory memories. So the next time a glass of wine is in front of you, you're able to pull out those aromas of, you know, roses or tobacco because you've thought about those scents before. Um, and it just kind of gives you that ability by creating the sensory memory that you have, just yeah. taking those few seconds to, like you said before, focus and uh, think about it. And it's true no matter what you put in your mouth, you know, wine, food, beer, anything that you're trying to be a thoughtful taster, it's important to take that little bit of time. Um Let's see, where are we at max time-wise? Let's take one more quick break. We'll come back. We'll uh, finish up with the book, and uh, then we'll make sure people know that to learn more about my guest, Mandy Naklik, you got to go to Mandy K-N, her middle initial and last initial, last name initial, dot com. Uh, if you want to see some of her videos, and I encourage you to do this, follow Mandy on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> pretty, uh, man, you got a lot of videos. <laughs> <laughs> and and I think it's important. You know, you can tell somebody how to do something, but like my wife always says, she's a, a, a see it, do it, uh, you know, practice it learner rather than a read about it and do it. And uh, you've got some pretty fun and interesting tasting things, many of them about beer, and rightly so. But most of those techniques and things that you talk about relate to uh, anything you put near your mouth or your nose. And so find... Drinks with Mandy, 
Drinks W. Mandy is the TikTok. She's also on Instagram. You can do that. Uh, let's see. I think I found you on Facebook and Twitter as well. Manny Naglick and I will be back after this short break. We'll finish up talking about the book. We're going to give away a copy after this next uh, segment. And then I got a great wine of the week and some things that are coming up that you want to pay attention to. I'm Guy Barrett. It's a good life. I'm glad you're with us. I hope you hang. Uh, we got to one o'clock, so don't go away. giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 